Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and oh, beer. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we are the Drunk Guys, and this time we are returning to the Booker long slash short list by reading Oh, William by Elizabeth Strout. And Nate, starting with a beer. This beer is called Rounding Error by Torch and Crown, because... William has so many ex-wives that one more is really basically a rounding error. (laughs) That number being three, but, you know, it's still, that's a lot. The main character being his first wife, first ex-wife. Yeah, India Pale Ale. I got this at the brewery now several months ago. Um, Yeah, it's an IPA. It's good. It's nice. Tastes like an IPA. So this book is apparently... The third book in a series of three, and you don't need to have read the other ones. I haven't read any of them. Apparently, y'all two have read the other one, two at one of them, and didn't remember mostly. I definitely read the first one according to Goodreads. I don't remember <laughs> it at all, and I'm meticulously, I meticulously update that. So I read it, and I know I read it because it was nominated for the Booker, and I was trying to read all the winners that year, uh, or the nominees that year. So that's why I read it, and I don't remember it at all. Uh, but I gave it four stars. I was like, this is fine. This is good. I also read it, and it was nice. I remember it being nice. I couldn't tell you anything else that happened in it. And this book is actually very nice. I liked it. I actually really did like it a lot, but I don't think it's going to win the Booker because it's Spoiler. missing some of the key things that Booker winners have typically had, in my experience. But we'll talk about that later. It's the third in a series with the main character of Lucy Barton. And this is her... uh, Again, I don't remember the other ones, but the first book was My Name is Lucy Barton, which I read in a life shortly... Not terribly long before I had a kid. So I don't remember anything at that point. Except that it was... The first one was about... It was a simple time. Her leaving the kid... Her leaving her small town... Or it's, it's about her like reconciling with her mom, or like after yeah, not yeah. speaking to her for many years, which gets referenced in this book a little bit, uh, a little with that relationship. A little bit, yeah. And the th- th- second book was called Anything Is Possible, which I'll be honest, I didn't know existed. And then this one came out this year. Oh, William. Oh, William! Exclamation point. <laughs> or maybe it's. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this should be a calm. <laughs> oh, William! Like, how many different? How many inflections can we get through in this episode? Or maybe it's like a, an African word. Oh, William, you know, you have to <laughs> pronounce the exclamation point. Can't be that. It was only white people in this book. Yeah. It's a very white book. Oh, it takes place in, like, the woman's from Maine, Nate. It's yeah, not her no, no. And they live on the She's upper east from side. Amgash, Illinois. They go visit Maine. Well, the husband but was into this, Gash. This, this book is mostly about New York. So you know, Lucy's a small town girl. Uh, but she made it to the big city, and she got married. And this is about you know her life as she's at this point she's been a successful writer for a long time. She's living in New York for a long time, and you know well, people around there they always ask each other the same thing when you've been in New York for a long time. They ask, "Has anyone actually ever seen a baby pigeon?" This is a, this is a good beer. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought for a second that you were going to go for the "Don't Stop Believing" lyrics when you're like, "She's just a small town girl." Living in a lonely Though world. This is about living in a lonely world, actually. That's what this book is kind of about. Oh, and she took the midnight um, train going anywhere. To Maine. To Maine. Um, and this is uh, from Evil Twin, and it's, it's like a 10% Down motherfucker. Well, the husband was just a city boy. <laughs> it's damn good. And I have seen a baby pigeon, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, what, please tell us when you saw a baby pigeon, because I really don't think I've ever seen one. Um, it was, I was in Jackson Heights. Uh, I was walking to the train, and it was near under the under the train tracks. And I saw, I was like, oh, my God, a baby pigeon. The person I was like, okay, like, you don't understand what this means to me. No one's going to believe me. I assumed they were just I immortal beings. <laughs> they just arrived fully formed from a rat's anus. <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much how it works, I think. Actually, it looked like a ba- it looked like a pigeon, but small, and it had like the yellow feathers, like Einsteining herring, in between oh, its head right, feathers, right. like it was still molting. And I was like, "Oh my god, look at it! It's like looking into the sun, I'm glad a you dirty, said. dirty little sun, <laughs> a sun that eats old French fries off of the street, <laughs> like my son will." Um, <laughs> But yes, this is a this is a story that is largely takes place in New York, and it's about you know people living it up in the New York. high pigeons. society, people <laughs> eating French fries off the street. 
So the main character <laughs> is, a, is a successful writer, which is why uh, I thought this book was really just basically an autobiography. Turns out it isn't. This is all like her imagination, which considering I felt it, it felt very real. It felt like a real story to me. Um, but it, uh, no, it is not an autobiography at all. She, this is just totally, uh, totally fiction. Anyway, so she, the, the novel mainly concerns Lucy, the main character, and her ex-husband, William. And it's a lot, it's about their relationship. It's basically a history of their relationship plus a bunch of other stuff about him. And then, but they, even though they're divorced, they do get along. Like they don't hate each other. I mean, it's getting divorced still sucked. I mean, that still, they really needed to get divorced. And he was a serial philanderer. Yeah, definitely. But they, but they don't hate each other and they do still like, I want to say, they still, they still rely on each other. Yeah. They, also, they have two adult daughters. So they, you know, yes. they're not co-parenting exactly. But And you know. at the beginning of the book, William is married to his, is on his third marriage but she leaves him around like a third of the way through the book. So he rounds up. That's Estelle. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like a weird memoir thing that she's like, it's half the book is like sort of almost dreamy. Well, she says at the beginning, flashback. like, I am a novelist. So the only way I can tell the story of what's happening is though it was a novel. Right. And then she writes it as though it was. But it is kind of, you know, like, kind of like journal entries of like, oh, yeah. by the way, by, I mentioned that one thing. I'll talk about that a little. Like, oh, I don't want to talk about that other thing. I don't want to mention that ever again. Yeah. But let's just say it sucked a bag of dicks. She does. Um, it, she uses like that nicer. a lot, actually. Not that sucking a bag of dicks specifically, but figuratively. So that, And I don't really want to say anything. All I will say about that is this. And that's all I have to say yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> It's, but she is, uh, she, you know, she she and William got divorced because he was having a long time affair, and she found out about with it with Joanne. With Joanne, well, that apparently hussy. he was having an affair with six affairs. He was having a lot of women. affairs, and like, and, and he said, like, like, but I don't so many love of them. them. He says, no, like, he, but I didn't love any of them. As if, like, I just needed something to rub himself on. But, you know, having your affair with that many women, you're going to get shit mixed up. And then some of them are going to be like, don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he saw one of them on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> this is don't call me Shirley. It's 5.5% and it's a Shirley Temple beer. Oh, no. Isn't that actually the naked gun? No, it's an airplane. It's my, I am it's, serious. It's Lindy, don't call it's me one, Shirley. Same uh, guy. Same guy, Leslie Nielsen, though. Uh, okay. Maybe he recycled that joke. No, trust me. I've seen all of them. I have them all memorized. This is very good. <laughs> if he had, if he had recycled that joke, OJ would have killed him. And those I think it's, 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 it's the same writers too. So um, this, you know, takes Shirley Temple soda style sour ale with cherry and lemon lime, and it's it's fucking lovely. Evil twin, you said. Evil twin. Yeah. Both of these are evil twin. I'm serious. <laughs> Still, still not interested in sponsoring our podcast for some reason. Those guys, we use them a lot. It's like they don't even know. Well, they don't know what we're missing out on. You know what they're missing out on. It's like they don't know we exist, fuckers. Surely they must know we exist. <laughs> I hope they're getting all the packages of things I sent them, of pictures of our of our. Never mind. I didn't send anything to anybody. <laughs> well, anyway, so. I don't remember exactly how it kicks off, but she's talking. Kicks off uh, by William says like. I'm having night terrors. I get the Sunday scaries. <laughs> and he's a professor, he's a scientist. He's a, he's a parasitologist. At NYU. Which is appropriate because he's a fucking parasite. Which you have to be, be careful about because one of them is the new school, and this is the new school. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's having night, he, you know, he, and he's like 70 at this point. He's literally know? 70, 71. He's an old man. So he says he's having night. He's having nightmares, and the nightmares are about like multiple things. One of which is about the Holocaust, because his father was a fucking Nazi. <laughs> yeah, his father was a Nazi, and that's that's an important part of this about uh, how, and it's also about his mother, which is really was more a Nazi about lover. what the book is about. But and then uh, Lucy talks about how when they were married, because they got married very like pretty young, or you know those are their first marriages, and so uh, his mother was very important to them because her mother was just not in the picture at all. So you know when they like got married, when they had kids, her 
mother was really uh, important, and her name was... Catherine Cole. Catherine, there you go. I wasn't sure if you were trying to be dramatic or if you didn't remember what her name was. I actually didn't remember. Her was name was... trying to set us up for... Uh... <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, uh, okay, so... And then you start to hear about his, his parents' story in that his father was in the German army in World War II. He was also in the Hitler Youth. Another word for that. Kid. He was a Nazi. <laughs> the German he was army. captured <laughs> He in was a Europe. patriot. He, he was captured in the Battle of the Bulge and sent to a uh, uh, POW camp in Maine. I didn't know that was a thing that happened. Which was a thing, which was a thing that really happened. Yeah. No, I did. Uh, I, I and he was sent to the POW camp in Maine where they had them, like, you know, basically work on a farm, all the German POWs. And his mother was the wife of the guy who owned the farm. The potato farm. Very scandalous. So, well, or as I, they would say, scandalous. <laughs> they weren't best spuds after what happened there, you know. No. So while he was <laughs> a POW, he didn't actually know that much English, but he first impressed her by walking into the house when no one is home besides Catherine, and then sitting down at the piano and playing this beautiful like piano piece, Brahms by Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> they played Brahms. <laughs> Uh, and she was very impressed by that. And they they instantly, like, were attracted to each other. And then the she war like, oh, ends. He gets... in your pants? <laughs> She's also, at this point, she is married to the farmer, but she is, like, married at 18 and pumped out a kid already. You don't find that. Point. It's all no. later you find this But out, she yeah. was married off very young as a way to get out of the place where she was. So at at the time, like, you really could not be a single woman living on your own. That's called being a prostitute. So like the only way to leave your parents' house was to get out, out from living with your parents at age 18, 19 or whatever was to actually get married. So that's part one reason why it was so much more common to get married so early, like at 17, 18, 19, 20, or even like being being 20 was old for it to not be married. You're only practically barren at that point. Spinster. Your womb is just filled with cobwebs. I mean, the Middle Ages, that would be true. Basically, like get, spinster at Get 22. thee to a nunnery. <laughs> yeah. Thou exactly. art dried up. Um, and so uh, they were married. Uh, he, The father, I forget what his name was. Gerhardt. Gerhardt. Oh, well, this is his last name. His last name Klaus? was Klaus. His first I'm name was Klaus. His name Klaus. Friedrich, Jerry, Kraut. Von Schnitzelberg. Whatever his name was. Um, impressed Not her. Berg. And then the Junior. war ends. He has to, and he goes back to Germany, but, or he goes somewhere. Goes I think he stays England. in America. Maybe he doesn't go back to Germany, but basically about a year later, he sends her a letter to like, you know, meet me. And, and she, he convinces her to literally run away. And he's, at that point, he's in Boston, I think, where it's still okay to be a Nazi. <laughs> if we were just following orders. <laughs> And so she runs away with him, and, and William knows, like, all this part he knows. Uh, she runs with him, and then they, like, have, they get married, and then they have William. And but then, you're, kind of, but you're telling his, us all the shit that... Yeah, you find out eventually over, it's told a, a bunch, you know, it's, it's told in pieces. So the, what, it, that all happens, but it kind of happens out of sequence, you learn these things. Because what's happening during the book is that William. William's having these nightmares, he's calling... Uh, Lucy to, you know, because he can't talk to Estelle. And then Lucy's husband has recently died. Her second husband, David, has died. And she's on her own again. And he was a good dude. He did not fuck around on her like William did. And so they're having that awkward, like, we're still friends, even though we're exes, but we still get along. Everything's cool. Part of life. And they're both old. And then, out of nowhere, Estelle ghosts him. She takes the rugs, the and ice they, cube trays. And they really tied the room together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Lucy gets a call from William, and William says, can you come over? And he's like, uh, okay. I mean, it sounds very distressed. And he gets there, and it's like, huh, this room feels kind of empty. And there's a note from his third wife saying, I'm, I'm in the Deuces. Hamptons. Sorry, I had to leave you like this. I took the rugs. You could visit the kid when you want. Peace. Leave me alone, basically. 
Because he does have a he has a daughter thirty years younger than his other daughters with Lucy. He has a new younger daughter. She's like a teenager like in high school or something like at that, this yeah. point. Yeah. So she's like fifteen or twenty years younger but still. A late, a way later. You sh- his ball should have been dried up. He shouldn't been. There shouldn't been anything hey, still hey, in there. Hey, balls. Those things still work, baby. They do, but like you have to wonder. Like maybe they use the good loads. You're literally not getting the cream of the crop, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Estelle is uh, much younger. Than, yeah, she's in her. She's like twenty. She's younger, twenty years younger than the wife, who is seven years younger than the guy. Anyway, but now you start to find out a little bit more about William at this point in the book and how he was just constantly cheating on everybody. And this is when things start to kind of fall into place for Lucy to understand this man, though she doesn't really get him till the end. This is from another new brewery. First, it's from Ober Creek. With a B, Ober Creek Brewing Company. It is in Wappingers Falls, New York. Where? Wappingers. It's Wappingers. <laughs> Time for Wappinger. Time for Wappinger. Wappingers? Wappingers? I don't know. Falls, New York. I drove through it. It was nice. Okay. It's actually a brewery that's like in a, it's like a farm, but it's like in the middle of like a suburb, you know, like kind of rural block of houses. Like there's houses next door. And like, f- uh, like fucking Finback. Yeah, but like, but it's still farmy. Like it's an actual farm. They grow shit there. They grow the hops. I don't know what they grow actually, but it was a cool place. It's been I went there for to, five um, years. I went to Bale Breaker out in Yakima, Washington, oh. and like they are growing the hops there on the property. Vertical integration. Yakima baby. is where yeah, it's a big all the hops in America come from. Apparently, it's more the big region. Yeah, it was very. It was it was good beer. I mean, it was all like West Coast IPA stuff. It was, it was all good. Well, they probably have like a you know established stock of like fucking you know those hops like. Yeah, and they get them for free, basically. <laughs> That's well, they're all like growing there, like and it's like it's go, it's like a it's like being in a fancy Italian restaurant. They go pick basil from their herb garden across the street. Well, this I don't know if they grow, grow for six months. I don't know if they grow hops here, but Ober Ober Creek Brewing Company is a nice little farm thing. This beer is called Fall into Place. It's an American double IPA at eight point two percent. It is a very fine double IPA. It's a nice place. Super fanny. Like I said, I had to check this out because I was kind of on the way back home from when. Uh, we see like the new scion of upstate New York breweries. Well, that's that's why we visited upstate, and that's we visited a bunch of different things up there, and uh, including the happiest place on earth, Halftime Beverage in Poughkeepsie, which is the biggest beer store I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, I told my, my wife we were driving somewhere else. I was like, you gotta stop in there. And my wife is in the car with the kid. I was like, just leave me, just go, move <laughs> I'll on, find my way back. <laughs> Just send my love to my daughter. <laughs> Avenge me. <laughs> I've lived here now. Been sucked into this black hole. Like I walked in and they had like the first shelf. There were so many beers. I was like, I that's like all right. I'm, I was like doing in my the math in my head. I'm like all right, that's three hundred dollars right there. I want to spend and that's shelf number one. And there's like seventeen aisles. No, that really it was like eight aisles. It's like I can't do that. I have to limit myself to what I can carry in my hands. Otherwise, my kid will never go to college. And I bought three things. I bought two single beers and a four-pack, and I spent $80 somehow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> one's, for, one's for a certain big guy's birthday. We'll have one of them, so we'll so, see mm. if it was worth it. So she starts to realize that, um, well, she we realize as the reader, at least, that William's a piece of shit who's <laughs> just been cheating on everything forever, and now he's sad, and he wants someone to help him. And one of the last things he got as a gift for like a Christmas or whatever from the wife, the ex now ex-wife, was a subscription to Ancestry.com, <laughs> which is not a, I mean, when you're like 70 years old, like what gifts do you, I don't know, like how many more? And they do have a whole section about how he's like kind of an uptight dickhole about his birthday presents. Yeah. He's an uptight dickhole, full stop. Yeah, that's true. And so he finds though. And this is where it's a little, this is where you have to suspend your disbelief because ans- this website's are usually pretty good at hiding living people's information. But he, f- uh, it depends. Uh, these people if, on all these sites, they can choose what they want to disclose. That's that's true. I know that. But but in terms of like finding documentation, because he talks later, like, oh, I already found out her address. I already found an article about that. That's a lot harder to find. But he is a professor, mm-hmm. so maybe he's just you know diligent but he finds out He's that he, research he finds out that he has an older half sister from his mother's first marriage that he didn't wasn't even aware of in maine and that the sister is still alive it seems and this is like a huge problem for him it's like what the fuck I thought yeah, I was he's, the oldest. He's, he's very troubled by this. It changes his whole perspective on his mother. 
of like, how could she have abandoned a newborn? Yeah. You know? He's like, I understand how my wife and kids abandoned me. Because this whole book, like, he like sucks his mom's dick. Like, she's like the greatest thing in the whole world. And suddenly he finds this about, I was like, how could you do that? And all as this was going on, we're learning from Lucy's recollections that the mom was an asshole to her. Or like the mom... She was condescending. Very condescending. So Lucy, we learn, comes from total trash. She comes from this... She won't even talk Abusive much about trash. it. Yeah, she won't even really talk about it much. But what you get is that her childhood was horrible and poor and like almost uh, and like isolated. You know, like, like she Abusive, neglectful. But like she didn't... So like they she, had no horrifying. mirrors in their house. They didn't know what they looked like. She didn't like know about like the moon landing. <laughs> like the, like she didn't know about well, Vietnam. Uh, I'm sorry, Vietnam alleged moon was. landing. Well, yeah. <laughs> I want to show that bullshit Kubrick film. <laughs> but you know, her parents were... She lived in like a one-room house. Like a shack. And her dad had crippling PTSD from the war. And his PTSD manifested itself by him being incredibly inappropriately horny. Which hints that there was definitely some sexual abuse. She, yeah, she, she was like that. I don't want to talk about it, but I'll say this. She, does, she uses that a lot. But because of this, she's extremely insecure. And she says at one point, there's like she, uh, you know, she was like this kid just trying to like not get noticed growing up, basically, you know, because I'm sure kids were not, you know, kind in 1960 to the poor child. Because she doesn't want to get hit. And she doesn't want to like get worse. A, well, yeah. And then, she says anytime that the mom they lied or the mom thought they lied, she'd make the other kids hold them down so the mom could wash their mouth out with a rag and soap. But she goes through this this line I feel like is important. She says, Please try to understand this. I have always thought that if there was a big cork board and on that board there was a pin for every person who ever lived, there'd be no pin for me. I feel invisible is what I mean. Right? So she feels like she's like nobody. And the mother-in-law was constantly, like, leaning on that, you know? Just like, oh, you don't, you know, you don't know what you're saying. And the husband does it, too. The ex-husband does it, too, in, in various ways. Like, there's a part where he's like, you know, remember after those times we'd have dinner parties? Or, like, well, you pretend to host a dinner party because you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. Like, he just says, like, rude shit to her. Like, they're constantly putting her down. Make fun she, of her for not knowing how to use a hotel key card. Yeah, it's like because she was not, you know, wealthy. Yeah, well, she, they tell a story about how earlier in their marriage, very early in their in their marriage, she's like, "Oh, let's go on vacation to like Cayman's. the Bahamas or something like that." And she like literally had never been to a, a hotel before and didn't know how to use the hotel and didn't know like what She'd people did at plane. the pool. Yeah, never been on a plane, never sat next to a pool before and thought it was all very strange and she was extremely out of her depth and that's just how like isolated her childhood was even though the book's not about that i mean and she it didn't know about how to that swim too right yeah i think so well and, she, and her mother-in-law would tell everybody like this is my daughter-in-law lucy she comes from nothing like it was like some sort of like zoo thing like oh wow look at this poor to all their upper class bougie friends because they are rich, their family, with well, Nazi gold money, I guess. Well, you know, well, Catherine at is presenting this time, that they're rich. At that time. You know, and she's pretending, she's presenting as if she has always been from that. Mm. And that's the big reveal later that she is not. Although William does inherit a shitload of money from his grandfather is still back in Germany. And a so Swiss he is banker? a... <laughs> He is a, like, very, very wealthy. He becomes very wealthy, but not until they're, like, have already been married for a while. So William finds out that he has this sister. And so he wants to see if he can find her because, you know, he's just old and I guess he wants to find family. But also... And his family just left him. Yeah. You know, his wife left him. But also, he's been having these nightmares about his mother. Who has died at this point. She's been dead for yes, a few who, years. Who died several years ago um, of cancer, and that was, that was pretty brutal. But also, he ta- they talk about his mother like, would like, get depressed at times and was you know, open about it. But having the blues, that's all. Well, it was her mo- the mother would talk to Lucy about it because Lucy was depressed sometimes. And her mother was like, yeah, no, that happens to me too. William's like, you women getting your periods or something, complaining about things. Every 28 days you're getting mopey. 
But this is where the unreliableness of Lucy as a narrator comes in. Like she never like she hints at her depression and her weirdness, but she never really talks about that. Which is why I think this book, while it's not quite as experimental and bizarre as like Treacle Walker, there is something in here to make like a, a book nerd excited. That there's like, ooh, you have to read carefully because she's not saying everything. About the it's a lot of stuff. subtext. For someone from the Midwest, she often kind of sounds to me like someone from New England who's like, we don't need to talk about this. <laughs> That's... She sounds like a, a victim of abuse. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> She's like all those chapters about walking into the doorknobs. So they decide to go to Maine. So William says, like, uh, Lucy, will you come to Maine with me so that I can go to, we're going to go to Bangor and Presque Isle, and we are going to... And we're going to try and find her in his, in his try and find my sister. And his sister has a weird name. Lois uh, Boobar. There Lois we go. Boobar. Lois Boobar. Boobar. He, he, kept, he kept saying, like, Boobar. What a dumb name. <laughs> He's an asshole about That's it. That's where ghosts go to drink. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, like... In, Babar's in the, slow cousin. <laughs> Boobar. <laughs> Uh, and so they go to Maine, and a lot of, in a big chunk of the the rest of the book is like going to Maine, even though they're like, like even not like rural ass Maine, where they're like, how do these people live? And they talk about how like so they go, they're like you know go down a road and they don't see anyone for miles, and everything is empty. Jimmy, I just have a question for you about the the, the place where ghosts drink. Do you know what what they drink there? Booze. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of it like, two seconds too. I was like, I'm not fucking letting it go. I don't give a shit. I'll let Nate finish, but I'm still saying this. <laughs> this dad joke has to be shared. You got to be careful with that because that'll haunt you the next day. <laughs> so they fly to Bangor and then they like rent a car and they like are trying to figure out where to go. And they're going through all these little towns where there's like nobody. And Lucy's always like, I'm hungry. And nothing is open. There's no yeah. open restaurants at all. <laughs> and everywhere like they go, the they're depression. like, oh, no, we just closed. We're, we're going to close in five minutes. We're closed Monday through seven day. Yeah. yeah, we closed five minutes ago. You can't have anything. We don't want to make money. There's no one there. There's no one in the town. There's, like Business is like, fuck it. We. With very strict u- labor laws here, the union is fierce. We will not make money by being open. It, it no, doesn't make I any just, sense. There are just no people. There's no the restaurants are open because there's no people to go to them. Oh, I get it. It's it's an economically non-existent place. And so they. Um, what was it like leaving their name? <laughs> I have spent a lot of time in Maine. Not much in parts like this. Yeah, but me my neither. cousin lives in not parts like this, but just a step above it, and it is it's different. It's fucking different. Yes, How, it's it's wildly isolated. Oh uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't get there from here. They do a couple things. One of which is they. So the first they go to the library. There's so they go to the town where they where the POW camp was, and they go to the library. And the library has a little exhibit about the POW camp. About all those and nice show Nazi up, boys that moved in. <laughs> And they and they show up and they like go to the library and they see the see they see the exhibit and they find a picture that actually has his father in it. And the librarian is like, "Can you sign these?" Because even though Lucy doesn't announce, yes, I'm the award-winning author. The librarian knows who she is, and it's like, "Oh yeah, can you sign?" They're like, "Yeah, all right." That is kind of librarian's job. It is. <laughs> But still, when she just says, my name is Lucy, and then they know she is, it's... Well, she might have introduced her. She might have said her... She might might have introduced herself. She might have. Oh, I love Lucy. It's like, hey, it's my dad in these Nazi pictures. And everyone's like, shh. No, it's a library, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's my dad in the Nazi pictures. (laughs) I find out a little bit more about the POW camp, and then they leave, and then they have a fight in the hotel. A bunch of those. They don't fight that much, but they do... They squabble because he's a they cranky old bitch. He sucks. Though. He's an asshole to her. Like she's doing him a solid, and he's a. Dick and considering about it. they're divorced, they actually get along pretty well, even though they definitely don't get along perfectly. Well, they've been divorced for like twenty years at this point. Pro- yeah, yeah, about yeah, that. Because when they get divorced, the kid, the kids were like eight and nine, and now they're like thirty. So it's been a yeah, plus, yeah it's, it's been literally years. like twenty years. Like he was with his third wife for something, and she was she was married to the other guy for eleven. So they had to go so fucking. It's been die. a long time. 
deadbeat. So they drive through other towns, including the town where his sister won Miss Potato Spud or whatever. <laughs> Miss Potato Flower some shit. Yeah. Man, that's a rough, rough prize. To, is, that a, is that really winning or is that like when everyone pranks you? No, well, you know, you win. You, you win and all eyes are on you. God damn it. <laughs> yep. Well, that's good. That's a good one. I am impressed, Jimmy. <laughs> Not a potato. Uh, <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Okonkwo over here with his knowledge of yams. <laughs> Uh, and then they sweet. <laughs> How's that? Nate? You like that? <laughs> Miss Sweet Potato is the name of the strip club in this town. <laughs> you, could, you could do some finger linging in there. So they drive you to asked, the town. But fucking think of more potatoes. They're gonna keep going. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I'll wait. No, no. You're trying to make me rustle through this. I'm going to think of some <laughs> fucking potatoes here. <laughs> Yukon, go case, ahead. You'd, <laughs> in this case, you to hoe. <laughs> All right, I think I'm out of potatoes now. <laughs> when they have cancer, they're lumper potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> the lumper potato is the potato that wiped out the Irish. <laughs> or is the there? lack of the lumper potato. Ooh. Throwing some nightshade there, Jimmy. <laughs> that made a real mash of things. Uh. Let's take this home, fries. <laughs> okay. So they go to the town, the another really abandoned, mostly empty town, where nothing has changed, uh, to where Lois Boobar lives. And then they're driving along, and Lucy's like, oh, wait, that's her outside. Let me out of the car. And so Lucy goes to speak with her. But not William. William stays because in the he's, car. Because he doesn't want to. He's she's scared. Like, she's like, let me just go fucking do this. I have a pair of balls, you old prick. I'll go in. And he's like, okay, I'll wait over here. And then she goes in. She, she, it's not like, it's not like she, she takes charge only because he's going to not do it. You know? Like, I did not drag my ass to nowhere bumfuck Maine to sit in the car and look at an old and, lady from a car. And not eat. <laughs> and not eat. There's only so many fucking lighthouses you could look at, dude. The answer is seven. You can look at seven lighthouses, and then you're like, I'm good. I get it. (laughs) Forever. I've seen four. I can see three more in my life. And then I'm checking out. So she goes in. The woman's like friendly. Not friendly, but, you know, not rude. Um, Cordial. That's fair. Uh, But still cold. Like a glass of sherry. (laughs) (laughs) A cordial. (laughs) Yeah, she's 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 distant. She's guarded. I don't know. We can keep looking for synonyms, but it's it's a weird exchange. But eventually, she kind of and I forget how she invites her into the house and they talk more. And she was like, "You were poking around at the library yesterday." She's like already found out about that. There's only eight people in the town. And they all talk to each other. And she says, "Like small town people talk." You know, and and first thing Lois is like, "I've had a good life." That's what she starts out with. I've had a good life. I don't regret anything. All my kids turned out to be above average and in all these things and all of them are great and I've loved everything and you know my par- my you know she wasn't my mother referring to Catherine her biological mother. She's like she wasn't really my mother. My mother was you know the, the mother who raised me was my mother and my father was wonderful. Boom and then says and then when Catherine visited me I but I maybe I was a little bit rude and then and then Lucy is like wait she visited you William didn't know he's out in the car right now William didn't know that you existed until a few weeks ago and she's like what and Lois has all of Lucy's books she's like look over there like I have all your books and you never mentioned me once in your books about William's mother. She wrote his... her own memoirs also. Well, that's like in the, in the, the fictional book character. Yeah, wrote, in, she's in written books. books like, yeah. She and wrote novels and also memoirs. Yeah, yeah. In, in the books, Lucy wrote basically memoir-ish bi- biographical novels. And so, like, Lucy Barton wrote those, and that's why the woman has all those books. You never mentioned me. It's like... I didn't know about you. 
I didn't know that Catherine, William's mother, didn't know that she came to visit you. It's like, oh, okay. She had assumed this whole time that Catherine had told them and they just all ignored her. Whoops. Well, I feel sheepish. But still, um, Lois is like, no, I don't want to see him. I don't have the energy. I am an old bag. And she's like, I mean, (laughs) checks out. It does check out. I've done one thing today. (laughs) (laughs) I need to see the the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I did not watch it. There was a, the, the, her roommate, Titus, who asked me something. He's like, but I've already done something today. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, I feel like that most days. <laughs> I was going to say that was me during the pandemic. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I did a thing. Isn't that enough? You want me to put on pants too? <laughs> so my mom says that my grandmother actually had a saying where she's like, sometimes all you can do is eat lunch. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's my day. I can't possibly do anything else now. <laughs> I get it. Sometimes all I could do is eat lunch multiple times, though. All right. So uh, she's like, do you want to talk to William? And she's like, no, I'm good. And so she gets in the car. He's like, let's go. Like, she want to talk to me? He's like, let's, let's fucking roll. And he <laughs> says, okay. And they leave. And he's all kind of sullen. And she explains everything that went on. And they get back to an airport. And he's a bit of a pouty bitch. He was like, Miss Buckin' Boobar. Boobar doesn't even want to see me. Yeah. Man. And then they go back home to New York. But they're like on sour terms because he's such a little bitch about everything. He is going through a lot in his shitty defense. Is he, though? Like, it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot of things. Your wife finds you. Finding out. Yeah. You your wife, it's the wife third left him. time a wife has yeah, left he, him. Like, he's no, no, no. he got practice. He has had practice. This one... This one he didn't fuck around. <laughs> no, he does. He was. He was, was he? fucking around. Yeah. Wasn't oh, yeah. It? A little, At certain a little like, bit. He was like, just a little, just, just a yeah. tip. But she left him because she was bored. Well, she realized she was married to an old man, and she was still yeah. like a young... She was like 20 years younger. She was like an aspiring actress or something. Though, though Lucy sees them on the street later, and she's with another old man. Well, she also needs money because she's an actress who's not famous. That's true. She was in a deodorant commercial, but she also comes from money. Yeah, but that only goes she's, so far. So she's especially bad at holding down a steady job. She's almost never tried. Her full-time job is just, you know, wife being around old men and waiting till they die. So then, you know, they go back to New York and he stops having night terrors and it kind of just ends. There's other like stuff a bunch, in of, there. a bunch of other shit happens throughout, like her daughter has a miscarriage and a bunch of other shit happens. But, you know, the plot is relatively straightforward. And, and you know, the, there are other times where she talks about, well, this time, at this point, when, back when we were married, you know, I was like, I felt this way, and then this happened, and all this other stuff. And, you know, a lot of reminiscences, reminiscences about their kids, and very wistful many places. That's fair. But, yeah, it does just kind of end. And the kids ask, you know, and while they're on their trip to Maine, one of the kids, one of the daughters texts mom and says, like, are you getting back together? And she's like, no. Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, but we're doing okay. And then he asks her to go, will you come on vacation with me? And she's like... To the Caymans. Yeah. Which is where they went with his mother a million years earlier. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, okay. And now that she's older and now that she knows how to handle it and, you know, because she's... How a pool works. Literally, this is like four <laughs> decades later. <laughs> knows is a more, much more sophisticated person. She's also... She's independently rich herself as a successful traveling author, you know. Yeah, giving speeches and shit. Doing, doing master classes, workshops. And she has... But she's, there's like a lot of stuff in here about how she's like fucking weird. Like she doesn't eat ever right she just like sits there and she is clearly there's a lot going on with her clearly a victim of years of abuse and you know incredible i don't know i don't want to say lack of self-esteem but yeah well she says she feels invisible well there's and when she and when she gets married she says like you know on, on our wedding you know at the wedding and for the rest of my life i was like it kind of doesn't feel real it feels imaginary. Well, there's also the story she tells about when she went to college. Like she, she says how at one point she says like school was the only place she wanted to be because it wasn't her terrible home. And she gets a full ride to somewhere for college, and the 
guidance counselor or somebody. It was her, it was her guidance counselor. Drives. Yeah. It's the one useful guidance counselor ever. It really is. That's, that's ever that's existed. That's the most unrealistic part of this book, that the guidance counselor did something. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, oh. It's like, ooh, I, I can suspend disbelief only so much. Right. The guidance counselor <laughs> drove her to the college. And bought her a bunch of clothes and, she and was a going piece to college and in a, a garbage bag and a suitcase so and then yeah. and what do you remember what lucy asked her to do that was like heartbreaking so can you pretend to be my mom you know because yeah. like the dad said when the he's like i'm just gonna wait inside like i don't want to be here like he was like he embarrassed or weird or whatever you know that he, was he not, had a boner from his ptsd that foxholes will do that to you um but he it's fucked up <laughs> it's horrible horrible experience for her and then she like beats all the odds, right? Like every step of the way, she's successful at being a writer, which is like that's ridiculous. And she was one who came from a terrible life, where it's like no one escapes that kind of life. Like her, she talks about her siblings. Like her brother work lives in the same house still. She says like I don't want to talk about my siblings. It's too sad because it's fucked up. They um, never made it out. No, she's she somehow did. Um, but it is uh, it is really. Really sad uh, when you get the parts about her, which is the part she doesn't really want to talk about, which is kind of weird, you know. And I think that's why this book will get gets more not that not more respect than it deserves from critics, but gets more attention. Perhaps like there's it's a little more literary in that sense that you can't. It's not just a story on the page. Like there's a lot of story not on the page that you could read into should you want to be uh, you know challenging yourself or something. Because it's like, on the surface of it, the summary of the book is like a woman, a divorced woman, finds out that her ex husband had a sister. It's like, <laughs> like, that's true, but it's not really the yeah. gist. It's, not, it's missing a lot. But yeah, whatever. So, what do you guys think? So, I really liked it. I thought it was a very nice book. And at first, I thought it was just an autobiography. And then I looked up more about Elizabeth Strout, and I was like, oh, it's an autobiography, but she just changed her name in the book. Hey, that's weird. Let me just find out a little bit more about it. It's like, oh, no, because Elizabeth Strout herself doesn't seem to have any of those things. Her parents were college professors. Her husband is like the former like attorney, attorney general of Maine. She's, uh, though some things were similar, like living in New York. And I mean, I guess I don't know how many times she's been divorced or whether she has two daughters or anything. like. But, but so the book felt like a memoir felt very so real like it was an actual memoir but i think it wasn't i think it was just she's just a good writer and makes this world that she's made up seem very real and i was very impressed by that it is yeah that's that's exactly why i gave this book five fucking stars i don't think it's gonna win the booker i don't think it necessarily should win the booker but it is the most staggeringly pragmatic or realistic view of people and relationships that I have read in years, if not ever. She has a way of making characters feel very real, very three-dimensional. It's and, convincing. And and after reading, because uh, the book we did just before this... Uh, yeah, it was like sweet relief. <laughs> the fucking opposite. The fucking the dumbass, like, young adult, the summer I turned pretty... <laughs> and it's so stupid. And then to go from that to this, and it's like, oh my God, this is so nice. So nice. Yeah, there are barely any titties in this. Barely. I'm going to go put it to three stars. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, I, you know what? I, I don't do this very often anymore. Like the moment I hit the, lay down in bed to try to read, I'm a, I fell asleep. Like I just, just today, I had, it was like 1 p.m. I didn't do anything. It's off today. And I was like, let me lay down and start reading some more of Jock of the Bushveld. And I had, I was like, I got an hour. Let me read some. I had a 58-minute nap. That was fantastic. Yeah, 100%, 100%. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Whereas for the O'William, I woke up to piss in the middle of the night. And I was like, I'm kind of awake now. Should I go back to sleep? I was like, let me read another page of the book. And all of a sudden, I realized I've been reading for an hour. Like, there was something about it that was really engrossing and that I really just enjoyed. I just enjoyed reading it. Uh, I don't think it should win the Booker, probably because it just doesn't seem like, I don't know. It's not unique enough. It's not like great. Like, I don't think this is the kind of book that in the future people will be like, that's a great book. It is It is a very good book. 
She's obviously a million times better rated than I could ever be. It's it is G, it is lowercase G great. It is not yeah. uppercase G great. And I think that's what we're supposed to think for things like the Booker or the Pulitzer, which she has won the Pulitzer and she's been long listed for the Booker. I think she absolutely deserves a Pulitzer. I'll give her that. But like the Booker is just the Pulitzer is just another kind of book nerds. Yeah. For non it also tends books. towards like more in quote unquote interesting. Also like this was interesting, but it's not like Many Booker Lincoln winners, the fucking Bardo. Most yeah. of the Booker winner, Booker winners are about a like, or are, are, are about an important political issue, a timely political or issue. Abraham Lincoln's son's ghost, or they're just. <laughs> but that was also or very experimental. Experimental, yeah, yeah. different yeah. This or was experimental. Not those. Some some of them, some of which are both like um, uh, Milkman is like definitely a bit of both of those. I loved Milkman. I love Milkman a lot. Yeah, actually. I love great. I love Lamp. Yeah. I love Lamp. <laughs> uh, Shuggy Bane was about you know poverty in Scotland. In I found 80s. that one underwhelming, and it was like super sad. But I didn't think it was a super important book. A super great. You know, this book. one I mean, it was also fine, is it's very sad. Not in such like a circle jerk poverty and drug addiction sadness, but just like. Being alive fucking sucks sometimes. <laughs> it's not bleak because they're all still, you know, rich people who are going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. They'll be okay. But it is, it's sad. Every person in this book is sad. And they're just trying to fucking survive. And it sucks sometimes. Yeah, but I don't feel any sympathy for the fucking husband. He's an asshole. No, I mean, yeah. No, he's definitely a dick bag. But it's, a, you know... It's it's hard. It, you can feel a little bit, a little bit, not a lot. Though his, you know, his dad was a Nazi, and his mom was a Nazi lover. <laughs> so you kind of gotta. That's the other type of N word lover. Like people don't say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like they talk about how his dad was like talk, talking about like he didn't like all the changes in the new Germany. Like the non-Nazi Germany is the one you have a problem with. Yes. So it was like, you know, maybe fucking around his wife is the least bad thing this kid could have done. I guess, but I still don't feel bad for him. Because, no, you know, no, he's no, a highly educated man who could He's feel... a rich boy who could do anything he wanted. But the problem is Lucy is just struggling. And she, we, we didn't really talk much about her fucking dead husband, who was really the best thing that happened to her, aside from her daughters, of course. But who was like a man who who's an orthodox? He was a Hasidic Jew who got out and like was cut off from everyone he knew, and so he also knew nothing about the world because they don't allow their kids to learn anything. Like her, the and most that was like something they bonded over. The most unbelievable thing about that, honestly, was that he was a concert cellist. If you don't start that shit when you're like six. How, you're never going to be that great. He just played Hava Nagila a lot. But, like, they, they don't give them fucking... In the Hasidic community, they don't... They spend, it's just those schools. There was, like, an audit done in New York City of the yeshivas, and they, like, failed everything. Like, like they're supposed to be teaching, like, you know, math and no, science. Yeah, they don't teach anything. They don't teach... Yeah. They failed, like, every single school or every school but one they don't failed. Teach English. So, like, they're not... I, they I just find English it hard language, to believe... Not the English class. Oh, I know. I just find it hard to believe that he learned the cello that well. <laughs> it's still more believable than a guidance counselor who's worth something. Okay, so to get us back on track, who should read this book? No one's going to miss out um, by reading it or not reading it. I would say everyone could read this book and enjoy it. I don't know if you need to. It's better than most books, though. It but is. It's very it's nice. It's very good. And it's I, not, I and it's not it. that long. It might be a good book club book, you know, if you're... if you. Or you could just listen to our episode and then already know what to say. But yeah. it could be a good book, you know, because it's less than 300 pages. And it's nice. It's not about it's, it is apartheid. Well oh, God, no. It's not about, like, last year's Booker winner. So that's why I probably won't win this year. But it's just nice. It's just about the, you know, crushing realization that your parents weren't who you thought they were. <laughs> and that you will die alone. Nice. <laughs> nice, Nate. That's the word. <laughs> it is book. a beautifully yeah. written sad 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 book but it's it's imminently readable you know like you just you yeah, can just plow through the thing it's it's fun I, not fun but that's not the right word but like it's there's nothing wrong with it it's just very readable 
I dug it. I want to go. I, mean, I read the Lucy Barton book years ago. I don't remember a fucking thing about it. I want to go and read who the second. Love one. Laura Linney. She gets. Is was she in the movie? She's Lucy Barton. In the I didn't see the movie, but I know that I read the acknowledgments and Laura Linney gets thanked. I was like, is that the same person, lady from oh, yeah. Ozark? I thank Laura Linney for everything I do. Just every time I take a good I, shit. I say grace. I thank Laura Linney <laughs> for this meal I'm about to eat. Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> she deserves it, God damn it. So Nate has already made it very clear. He thinks this should not win the booker. Uh, I think you agree, Jimmy? I mean, I've only now at this point read a few of the booker long list books. We've read but I'm feeling, yeah, the third one. This is the third one. Yeah. I have a feeling there's going to be at least one other book that meets more of the general traits that Booker winners tend to tend to beat. And this one kind of is missing the big political issue and or experimental weirdness. If they could combine this and small things like these into some super book, that book would win. <laughs> if somehow this was also about the Magdalene laundries yes. in Ireland and yeah, an investigation 100%. of those, then it would totally that, win. Yeah. That would be a fucking golden ticket. So if he and found it would out, deserve it. If he found out his sister was raised in a Magdalene laundry, and then he had yeah, to go back possibly, in. Possibly. Golden ticket. I mean, I, I love this book. It was, you know, no criticisms except the whole guidance counselor thing, I don't think that it's going to win, nor does it deserve to win the booker. I think it's absolutely worth reading for anyone, but for the booker, I don't know. Well, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter at drunkguysbc or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you've listened this long, why don't you support us over at Patreon, patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub, or... Just leave us a review. One star for every ex-wife plus three. Ex-wife that William cheated on. <laughs> plus two others that he will. Well, for each affair that he had. And you can also find us on Goodreads and we're where we read goods and this book was good and you can read it too and talk about it to us. We might answer. <laughs> and check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. <laughs>